Sport Press. Yeah. No layup line, no warm-ups, no nothing. We just walk right into the stadium and get into the game. Let's do it. When the beat on, then it's on. When our white jerseys on the road. Cause how we feel where we roam is our home. Leaving these other podcasts null and void. The show can't miss something like Tom Shepard and Corduroy's. Full sport press, you know them boys. Jay run the point lock for three. And me, I crash the boys. Weezy told you that it's paid for. We already ran the score before the cameraman could go and press record. Now you all in your For Wiggins, we were spreading the love and y'all was trading for Wiggins. Went to war with the wolves and y'all was waiting on Wiggins, huh? <laughs> I had to do it face. The flow split the double, grabbed at the dribble, and Euro stepped over the 808. I'm on time, even when it's- you are now listening to the Full Sport Press podcast, featuring hosts J Ho, Wheezy, Jeff, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations. I would like to welcome everybody back and some of you for the first time to the full Sport Press Podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan. And this is your one-stop shop for all sports-related news and topics. I am Jay Ho. It's your boy, Big Jeff. It's your boy, Weez. What it do? It's your man, Coach Lock. What's going on, guys? How you doing, cameraman? <laughs> what I do? <laughs> oh, butterfly. Oh, oh that's oh, oh, Let me see the Tootsie Rolls. Oh, yeah. oh. That's the yeah, butterfly I've ever seen in my life. Hey, that, 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 that butterfly they yeah, that's the number one reason why we need a camera on you, <laughs> my man. Like that <laughs> butterfly. Uh-uh, that's old. <laughs> hey, that butterfly better. <laughs> better than butterfly. Yeah, I didn't. Let me see your butterfly though, man. I can butterfly my ass. I bet you can. You got the one leg butterfly. One leg joint. You sing it, break, and then bring it back, and then go sing it. Yeah. Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, we know you got this. Thank you, You're the dancer. You're the dancer of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> episode 436, we are conducting our interview with head coach of the TSU men's basketball team, Brian Penny Collins. FSP style. Always FSP style. You better damn know it. Better damn believe it. Let's kick it off, Weezy. Best of the week, what you got? Best of the week, man, for me is, uh, man, baby girl growing up on me. We have four conversations now. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. Right yeah. Yeah, I, I can understand what she's saying. Mm. She's poor riding though. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's amazing, man, to see them grow up like that and yeah. go from barely talking to, can I have a popsicle? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going for dread and getting a popsicle. Mm-hmm. No one ain't supposed to have a popsicle. Right, right. Oh. there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, that's, 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 you gotta that's, stop that. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's early. A big, yeah, good luck. That's yeah. a big boy nah, feeling. You, you better yeah. stop that yeah. early. Yeah. Good luck. Trust me, you ain't doing. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, talk to me. Best of the week. Man, I got two, man. I got two. Uh, first, I did a podcast with our brother Spike Lou. Um, he has a show called Another Week in the Books. He does. I meant to mention this last week. Um, shout out to Spike. It was a fun time. He and Mo. And second, man, shout out to Coach Locke, man. I'm back from the dead, cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's hitting the flesh. Yeah, yeah I'm in the flesh. Man, that was you know I was here in spirit last week. He is risen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, that was, you know, got a couple of messages like, you all right? Yeah, yeah I'm cool, yeah. man. You know, so, yeah, yeah shout yeah. out to that. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. True. Coach, that's right. talk to me. Uh, best of the week, man. My seminars are 3-0. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's they been a long time. You still ain't right. 
prank. It's crazy. No, it's nuts, man. No, it's not nuts. They ain't, they ain't nah. beat nobody. Yeah, nah. we really ain't beat nobody. But I take it three and zero. Louisville is three and zero. Per this show, Louisville was going. I had Louisville winning the ACC. Per this show, Louisville was supposed to be caught. A quarterback that's been there twelve years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They lost two of those offensive linemen that I was talking about. That hurts. But that Louisville quarterback been there since Lamar. Y'all need y'all need LSU don't keep winning. True. For sure. Mm, true. That's true. Yeah. My best of the week is Joe Hayden, man. Signed a one-day contract to retire with the Cleveland Browns. 11 years of dominance, guys. Ah, come on. To be recruited <laughs> at Florida now to play quarterback. Never played defense one day in his come damn on. life. And to go and be an all-pro cornerback in the NFL. Clap for my guy. Shout out to Joe Hayden. Should have wore the jersey that I wore it probably about a month ago. Shout out to you, Five. Great, great career. I'm, I'm no. glad he went out like that. He went out how he was supposed to go out. Yeah. You wanted J- to play one more year. Right? I did. I did. Jack Rabbit said he ready. Yeah, I seen it. Jack Rabbit look ready, too. Shout out to another mm. Florida guy. But then I call you and say, hey, man, Joe Hayden need to go out and gracefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was ready to roll. He, hey, yeah. two years ago, he was an all-pro and a ago. pro bowl. Yeah, then the year after that, he had eight picks. Come on, man. Jeff, on, I'm, I'm surprised you ain't giving him hell. Every time I, you say he's a Seminole, they give yeah. you hell. No, 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 the thing is, I, Joe Hayden's retiring. And so I'm going to go off in his sunset. But what do you got to do with Jack Rabbit? Coach, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I, I, I was it on Jack Rabbit. You're right, Coach. <laughs> you know my I'm saying. Because yeah, when I brought up the Seminole, you was like, oh, here we go. Jack you Rabbit. brought it up. That was your best of the week. I ain't, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about whenever we acknowledge your players are Seminole. Yeah. Coach got a point. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. I used to always sit and think Coach is my only friend. <laughs> and then day to day, he's continuing to prove me wrong. So who is it now? I don't know. He's still coach, but shit. I know when, I know when it comes down to come down. You're on the, you're on the edge right now. <laughs> you're on the edge. You're to give up on your coach. <laughs> Worst of the week, Jeff, what you got? Man, Shakur Stevenson being stripped of yeah. his super featherweight titles at 130 pounds. 130 is crazy. 130 yeah. is nuts. Yeah. And he's moving up to the bigger fights and bigger paydays. I get it. But he still has to win that fight, you know, this weekend. So, yeah, yeah. having a championship fight where if you win, you still don't win anything other than your well, the money. But still, that's, that's tough. So, shout out to him. Hope he, hope he gets that W because that's going to hurt. Lose your belts and lose the match. That'll yeah. be some slow. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Give me your worst of the week, Weezy. <laughs> My worst of the week, man, uh, Pac-Man Jones, man, on the I Am Athlete podcast. Yeah, he said, what did he say? You gonna let me get? That is gracious. You got this shit on, Jay. You know what I'm saying? Feeling good. They was talking about comparisons, and Brendan Marshall said he was cool. They compared him to uh, T.O. and they said Shader McCoy runs like Barry Sanders. And they asked Pac-Man, "Said who? Who they compare you to?" He said Deion Sanders. Mm. And that's my guy. That ain't your guy. I mean, we had a good, we had good times and bad times. Oh, okay. Mm. But uh, Pac-Man went wrong. He wasn't they, wrong. They ain't never. They ain't never. They ain't never. Well, they ain't they never they ain't Not saying he was good as Dion, no, but you gotta remember, Pac-Man coming out of college return. was yeah. punt return, kick return, corner. Yeah. yeah. He was everything. He played offense. It was too. cold. They should have said and Devin Hester. And they had yeah. no. No, Devin Hester have. He couldn't play receiver. Pac-Man played receiver yeah. out of the backfield, kick return, punt return, and corner. That's a, it's a and look, it was good. So at he's all. overzealous, like you mentioned earlier. Well, as a cornerback, he doesn't put me in the mind of Dion Sanders. But as an all-around athlete of doing everything on the field, Pac-Man could do everything. Hmm. Coach, what you got? Worst of the week, man. My gas money, house money picks. <laughs> it's been rough. It's been rough. It's been rough. 
It's been rough for us. It's been rough. It's been rough. It's rough for everybody except for Weezy. He don't know about five hundred. Ooh, it's been rough lately, boy. Don't follow me. I might. I might. I might need to start sending my pics in before I get here or something. Woo. Yeah. Oh, you just man. change them for <laughs> That's what you did last year. You just changed them. Oh, man, God. You set yourself up for that. <laughs> <laughs> what you said. Well, you you won't take that away coach, from you, can't coach, you? No. Did you win, coach? Champion. They can't change what you were, coach. Are we going to be trophies this year for, for the winner? <laughs> no. Can we do trophies this year for the winner? Yeah. Nah, no. we don't need that. No. No. I buy my own damn trophy. Yeah, I bet you will. <laughs> Worst of the week for me is Robert Sarver. He's going to sell the Suns after uh, after a year, probably within the next six to 12 months. Making it to the finals, and on top of that, he purchased the team in 2004 for 400 million bucks, and now he's going to get max money for both the Suns and the Mercury, two billion easy only in America. Did I tell you? Mm. Did only. I tell you? I said, man, tell he, the team is going to make them richer. Mm, yeah, that ain't no, that ain't no, you know. Shout out to Jeff Bezos. Man, them splits are crazy. 2004, you get something for 400 million, and what? 18 years later, boom, we right here. You get two and a half. Man. Bezos gonna pay him that with a smile. Yeah, easily. Yeah, Bezos Bezos easily. Put him in the game. Yeah. Make sure you check us out on Anchor, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and of course the SoundCloud page to catch up on the full archive of FSP. Just simply search Full Sport Press Podcast. J Hope. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Kindly update the people on the Heisman Trophy race this year. Sir. That's it, man. We are kicking things off with number four. We have Alabama linebacker Will Anderson Jr. He's plus 4,000. Mm-hmm. Had a Heisman moment with a pick six last week. Mm-hmm. Finished the game with five total tackles. Was second sack of the season. Up next, Alabama plays Vanderbilt. 40 and a half point Sheesh. favorites. I took Bama, by the way. 40 and a half. 40 and a half. Are they going to cover that weasel? Yeah, I, I, I already bet it. Okay. Right. Right. Moving on to number three, we have Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett. He's now at plus 1,600. Last week he was plus 1,800. Yeah. Honestly, it's a shame on all of us. He is one of those quarterbacks that's going to contend for a Heisman, especially with Georgia being a top three, top two school right now. Yeah. He, hey, listen, had top a great, one. great game last week. Yeah. A few upcoming cupcakes. Kent State, Ooh. Auburn, mm. Mizzou, and Vanderbilt. Ah. Mm. It just means more. Man. I'm, I'm gonna let you it just it, means I more. Say it Georgia is 44 and a half point favorites against Kent State. Jesus. That, that just means more, Kevin. I don't know if I'm bet that one. Yeah, that's nasty. Moving right along to number two, we have USC quarterback Caleb Williams. He's plus 300, staying at the plus 300 from last week. Gives Fresno State good run last week. They It was one of those things where it was a good game in the first half and then USC turned it on late, scoring 17 unanswered. He passed for 284 and two touchdowns with two more rushing touchdowns. USC, conference matchup this weekend against mm. um, Oregon State. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites. Oregon State mm. undefeated. Oregon State right. is a, hey, still not ranked, mm-hmm. just like you guys, Jeff. But right. the team. And coming in at numero uno, we have Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, plus 250. Down a little bit from 275 last week. Leading the clubhouse for a second straight week. Five passing touchdowns. 22 for 27 from the field, cameraman. 367. I don't give a damn if it was against Toledo, whoever the hell did they play. They play next week against Wisconsin. 17 and a half point favorites. The, all of their games for the next five games, well, the previous five games of the season, are all at home. So Ooh. good mm. stuff for CJ Stroud. Yeah. Telling y'all right now. We probably going to bet, put some little money on that Stetson Bennett. It's, it's, it's going to go down every week. Last yeah. week was eighteen hundred. Yeah, this week sixteen. Sixteen. Mm-hmm. He ain't threw a pick yet. Yeah, yeah. sure have. Yeah, yeah. Before they get in the uh, before they get in the conference play. That's right. 
That's a good call, Weezy. Let's put a little bit of money on that. Yeah, on my phone now. Yeah, fine. Yeah. So you throw it on the ground real quick. Let's wait yeah. it out before you do that. Right. Before we start with the first half, Weezy, do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do. This week's award recipient is the Arizona State AD. It is. It is Herm Edwards' term at Arizona State. In oh, a very weird, guys. In his fifth season as the head football coach, he was fired Sunday following a 21-30 loss at home to Eastern Michigan. While the termination isn't particularly surprising to anybody who's been following Arizona State football, a video hit the net with Edwards talking to athletic director Ray Anderson and university president Michael Crow. Herm Edwards was fired on the field immediately after that game. On the field, in the end zone. In the end zone. Yep. In a statement, athletic director Ray Anderson said he and Edwards came to a mutual agreement that Change in leadership is best for the football program. In a statement released on Sunday, athletic director Roy Anderson um, said that he did not indeed fire Herm in the end zone. He was having a conversation, and that conversation was him firing. Oh. Facts. Facts. Of course no he's going to say yeah. he didn't say field? it on the field. Yeah. On the field. Why did he fire him on the field? Because they lost that game? Yeah, yeah you can't lose to Eastern Michigan at home, and you're a Pac-12 team, and you got five-star players. There. Yeah. That's how they're yeah. looking at it. And you've you already been on the hot seat. Oh, yeah. The I've seat seen, is scorching. I've seen coaches get fired on the airplane and stuff yeah. like that. But on the field, Not on the field, dog. Where you got on the field, dog? Lane Kiffin got fired right there on the field with USC. On the field, though? Mm, he didn't at even, USC, I get it. Yeah, he, he lost a USC game, and they didn't let him <laughs> go on the plane. <laughs> now, Herm ain't mad. No, Herm, Herm didn't pay. $9.4 million fire. buyout, guy. Hank? Nah, he not tripping. Herm Buy is just after. like yeah. Ed Orgeron. Yeah. yeah. yeah he'll, he'll, he'll be on ESPN probably this weekend. Yeah, Herm will get a job real yeah, quick. Yeah, he'll get a real yeah. quick, y'all. Now, Arizona State has everything. It has the resources. Yeah. It has the Adidas deal. Mm-hmm. Man, all of the boosters, location, weather. Yeah. Deion Sanders is on line one. <laughs> it's two people that could be hired. Yo, the boy. Top hires in college football right now. Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. Deion Sanders. And mm-hmm. Arizona State is a gold mine if you had the right person there. Urban Mike still getting calls. Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. In college, Facts. man, everywhere he going yeah. to Nebraska. Book yes, that. for sure. That's done. Urban Ur- Ur- gets yeah. calls in college. Yeah, pros yeah. never again. Never yeah, it's again. over for that. Never again. Over for the pros. Yeah, but don't fire me on the damn field, man. Right. Let, can I get in the locker room and, and, and get you know my, my post game speech or something? When that quarterback transferred, yeah, Jaden Daniels that hurt LSU. That hurt. That did hurt him. Yeah, but that's a five star you get that you. And he was the first person to really bring in an all-NFL staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Herm started something, man. Shout out to Herm. He'll land on his feet. I don't think he'll ever coach again, though. I don't yeah, think, I think he'll he, want to. I don't think, think he does either. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see Dan go to Pac-12, but goodness gracious. I'm telling you, yeah, man. some offense up there, though. Yeah. You guys ready to get started the first half? Let's do it. Let's get it. Please go in to the four pass podcast. Thank you. The first half is underway. First half, the hottest sports news of the past week, like you do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press Podcast. Before we get started, I am J-Ho. It's your boy, Big Jeff. It's your boy, Weezy. What it do? It's your man, Coach Lop. Weezy, where can they find you <laughs> on social media, my brother? FSP underscore Weezy on IG, and I'm at Weezy on Twitter. Holla at me. Holla at you. Coach. It's Lock underscore the underscore great. That's T-H-A. Get at me. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, talk to me. I'm Jay Easley, 84 across all. Social media platform. Sure, and I'm Jay Hub on Instagram and Twitter. Let's talk on Twitter. Yes, sir. Big game this weekend. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. UT, yeah, UT. Yeah. Mm. How you yeah. feel about it? Right, let me tell y'all something. Uh-oh. We won <laughs> last week. Yeah. And I and I was talking to Coach Lock about this. I didn't even put up a victory. Dance. You didn't. You didn't. No, I, was, I just didn't I feel was good about, about it. I just didn't feel good about the win. So I don't know, man. It's just, you know. Oh, man. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it is, but I'm just saying. Shout week three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is week three of the FSP Fantasy Football League. Let's get into it, the preview, cameraman. All right. Up first, we got Shane at 2-0 and versus Royale with the Cheese at 2-0. and One time for Twin. Going to be a barn burner. Um, twin is projected to win that by double digits, I see here. I'll name this team later. One time for AB at 1-1 one one versus Parham. I know he's listening. And also at 101. Parham is predicted to win this one. He's got a good squad this year. He's rolling. Um, next, myself, the Hurt Business at 0-2 uh, versus Chaz, NFL Young Boys at 0-2 as well. Um, I'm, I'm predicted to lose this one as well. Injuries are kicking my ass right now in this league. I don't know what to do, but I got to figure it out. I don't feel sorry for you. I got to figure it out. I don't feel sorry for you at all. I, I okay. don't. You shouldn't feel sorry for me. You I picked should. the Titans. Mm. I shouldn't feel sorry for you. You picked the Titans. Mm. I don't feel sorry for yeah. it. My whole team was injured last year. Yeah, you picked the Titans. And then you said you wanted the Titans. Let's move on. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not bad. That don't, don't bother me no more. Bishop Sycamore. Shout out to Coach Wayman at 2-0. Versus Ben Simmons for 3-0-2 oh, one time for Cam. Keep fighting, Cam. Uh, you predicted to lose this one, though. But keep fighting, Cam. Whatever you do. <laughs> Son of a Blitz. One time for P.O. at 1-1. One one. TB12 Brazilian facelift. One time for D. Harris. Also at 1-1. One one. Um, P.O. Is predicted to win. No, I'm sorry. P.O. has not put his lineup out there yet because he's trying to <laughs> yeah, he he's trying that. to pay he lineup. Yeah, I don't know what that's that. about. Shout out to P.O. Yeah, whatever P.O. <laughs> and then lastly, uh, now watch guy one time for Sean Watson one and one versus you choose a side. Weezy predicted to win this one by a dub. Yeah. I don't mean nothing. Oh, when man. the lights come on. Oh my god, a little tricky. Keep fighting, Weezy. Got to fight. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the NBA, guys. Stephen Curry has signed a lucrative lifetime contract with Under Armour. Now, the deal could potentially net the four-time NBA champion more than $1 billion. The deal would put Curry on par with Hall of Famer Michael Jordan and LeBron James, who both currently have a billion-dollar deal with Nike. Before the 2021-2022 season, Steph Curry signed a $215 million extension with the Golden State Warriors. That will take him through his age 38 season. Jeff, is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal? In the Curry household, this is huge. <laughs> this is huge. Yeah. I still don't know who wearing them damn shoes. But, um, yeah. you know, he's keeping the lights on at Under Armour for real. <laughs> and this is amazing. Shout out to Steph. <laughs> <laughs> lifetime. Yeah, lifetime. Lifetime. Yeah. At Under Armour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, anytime you saying a Billy mm-hmm. next to your name, it's a huge deal. Yeah. And. And this almost didn't happen, though. It almost did. You no, know, back in 2013, he almost left Under Armour because of the, uh, the founder mm-hmm. of Under Armour was a supporter of Trump. Yeah. So they had some rift there, but they finally got it squared away, and here we are. Exactly. Because if they're going to give him a billy, then they seeing something from those yeah. curries. And he has his own sub-brand, the yeah. curry brand also. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is a huge deal to be mentioned with LeBron and Jordan. If you in those names, it's a big deal. Right. What you got, Weezy? Man, getting a billy like that from, from sports – these days is crazy. Yeah. Um. I just hope it's a sign for kids to come after him, sign a lifetime deal, or not even sign a lifetime deal to get a billion dollars. Mm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for stuff getting a billion dollars off a of shoe deal. Yeah. Nike is in a peculiar position here because they're about to lose Kyrie Irving, and then you didn't match Steph Curry for four million dollars. That's it. The original. Mm-hmm. You're right. The original. Yeah. Yeah. Deal was four million dollars, and they spelled his name wrong in the PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, man! It is a unique conversation as well, though, because Steph Curry 
isn't your conventionally like cool dominant athlete six two smaller you know just but he changed the game guys he did change the game but you know it's easier to look and care uh, Stephen Curry and be like you know what I can be Stephen Curry mm-hmm. compared to LeBron James six eight two fifty yeah, right. yeah. like you so know everybody ain't able so that's <laughs> exactly so that's why those shoes are being sold because there's a lot of kids that look like Stephen Curry compared to them looking like LeBron James yeah but eesh. It does more good for Under Armour, though, in the long term because Stephen Curry is going to age well. And on top of that, he's doing a bunch of different things. So, But I, when Coach Locke mentioned, it's kind of weird, though, that he wanted to have his own brand to stay something totally different away from Under Armour because Kevin Plank mm-hmm. is heavy with Trump. That, uh, heavy. That Curry mm-hmm. brand logo trash. is ex- <laughs> trash. It's better – Better than okay. Than all right. So right. moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping it in billion dollar athletes. <laughs> Floyd Money Mayweather took to the social medias this week, cameraman, to somewhat announce a rematch with former UFC great and one-time boxer Conor McGregor, hinting that they would fight in either a rematch of their boxing match that took place years ago, or an exhibition, which Floyd has been fighting someone like the Karate Kid and others. Um, Connor denied this, thankfully. Guys, is this really going to happen? Starting with you, Weezy. Man, I hope not. I mean, Floyd, it don't matter. So it'd be it'd be fifty one and zero if it does. Mm. But <laughs> I, I I think he need to chill out. Yeah. Let's like 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 my boy Jay finna say the funds getting low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he finna say we finna hear all about I'm it. Still on my talk points right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. That first fight in 2017 had $4.3 million pay-per-view buys. Yeah. Number two all-time in history. Number one, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, $4.7 million. So to play or not play, but fight against a person like Conor McGregor, you're going to get $100 million for something that's easier than a sparring session. That's easy dough, man. You got to do that. I would do that every time, especially when your money's getting low. <laughs> getting a little. You know, you remember, you remember when and DuckTales, when Scrooge, what was his name? They would jump. Scrooge McDuck. McDuck. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck, right? He yeah. would jump into the money. Mm-hmm. All right. So, of course, Floyd has plenty of money. He's probably doing the same thing. But now, that shit ain't number two feet worth of, of oh, money now. Lord. You know what I'm saying? He was, it was 10 feet at one time, camera, man. Oh, yeah. All he can do is put his feet in the money now. <laughs> He need a little bit of money to get it back up. Yeah, he used to be up here. You know, Floyd 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> Where he at? He put his feet in there. He just putting his toes in, the shallow, in there. In the shallow in end. The shallow end. Y'all ain't right. Nah, yeah. man, they not, right. man. <laughs> man, I, I don't think this is going to happen, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think we'll see it. But the only thing that, that makes me feel there's a possibility is McGregor might want some of that money. Mm-hmm. And it's easy money. He doesn't care if he loses the exhibition match. He really doesn't, especially since he lost the first time. But Floyd is not nah, – now he's not, not the smartest person either because he <laughs> said – he knows what he's doing. He said, now, quote, I'm not in the fights where I'm going to take any real punishment. So he knows he's not going to really get hit a lot in this fight, especially if it's an exhibition. Then the first time they made 100 M's – they're not going to make 100 M's off this again because everybody remembers the first one. they like, I'm not paying to see that again. So sure. I, I don't think it's going to happen. 
But the thing is, that Floyd fight was Conor's biggest payday ever. Yeah, ever. And, and that ruined Conor McGregor, too. Like, yeah. he was never the same mm-hmm. after that. Because he, he'll never see that money in UFC, that, ever. That, that's a great point, though, Jeff, yeah. because since that fight, he's 1-3 in the yeah. octagon. He's on a two-fight losing streak. Yeah. I would much rather see Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, too, than this. For sure. I don't want to see. That's when Cone went, that's that's that. went crazy. Yeah, that's when he got that he, bread. That's too much money. He, he got that see, bread. He never would have seen that much money in, no. in UFC, and he never saw it anywhere close to that again. No, yeah. not at all. All right, before we get started with halftime, let's move on to the WNBA. Las Vegas has never had a professional sports champion until Sunday, guys. Vegas is the fourth WNBA team to win a title with both a league MVP, defensive player of the year, all-star game MVP, most improved player, and coach of the year. Chelsea Gray was voted finals MVP. We'll kick things off with you, Jeff. Give me the WNBA season, A through F. What you got? Well, the – the loyalty shown and the support shown to Brittany Griner skews it a little bit because they they supported her to the utmost, but on the field and on the jersey, on the court, and on the jerseys. So to me, it's an eight. It's one of the better seasons all the way around, talent wise yeah. and ratings wise, <laughs> and just overall like the games and the and the viewership. Yeah, give you an eight. Yeah. I agree. I I think it's an A. You know, you're seeing a lot of more girls or women, should I say, get into it. Chelsea Gray won MVP. Yeah. You know, she's not the poster child for the WNBA. When you see that, you see Brittany Grant, you see Asia Wilson, you see Sabrina Nescu. So to see somebody else get that shine, which she also did because the Aces won the Commissioner's Cup also, mm-hmm. and she was the MVP of that also. And then, of course, Becky Hammond coming in her first year after getting all the publicity for being with the Spurs, she showed how good of a coach she is with these girls and bring them all together to finally win this championship. So the good thing about them is also the core of this team are all under contract to come back next year. Exactly. So we could see a repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Weezy, how you feel about WNBA season in a nutshell, man? Well, I think it was an awesome season. I think so too, man. <laughs> I think it was an awesome season. Yeah, I, why I, you say that, Weezy? I heard you had to be shout, shout, out, shout out to the Aces for winning the championship. Yeah. I heard you had to be four shots in to, uh, yeah, yeah. Go, to, to, yeah. go to the parade. Go to the parade. Yeah. They were children and ginger ale. They had a good time. Children yeah, get the ginger ale. Yeah. yeah, they had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Wish yeah. I was there for that. Yeah, Weezy, I'm sure you do. Weezy <laughs> sent me some good stats, guys. He had told me that he experienced, experienced viewership for the regular season up 20%, yep. full season 22%, full postseason 22%, semifinals and the playoff open around were both 45 and 50% respectively. Here's the thing where they had a problem, though. They had to move the finals from mid-October up to mid-September because of the FIBA World Cup tipping off. Yep. That means that they – we're officially going against the NFL. You cannot go against the <laughs> NFL on a Sunday. Yeah. Especially not the that. beginning. No. Mm-hmm. Not if you want me to watch. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Putting those game on ABC <laughs> clearly helped the ratings because you actually saw it. Yeah. But how high could those ratings be if it wasn't on Sunday contending with the NFL on a Sunday afternoon, man? So. Yeah. I, they had no other choice but to do that, yeah. mm-hmm. and Chelsea Gray got robbed for being an all NBA, well, all WNBA performer, yeah. and she wasn't even an All Star. Mm-hmm. And like Locke said, she was the MVP of the Commissioner's Cup. Then you get Finals MVP. I mean, it's just you know, it's some weird stuff going on for the point guard position as far as how they skew and uh, give people credit mm-hmm. in the WNBA. But that's a whole another story. Shout out to the WNBA. Shout out to also um, Jeff's guy. Um, What's the coach that was there prior? Played um, Bill for the Lambeer. Pistons. Bill Lambeer. Dude, he had them there. 
He was on the cusp. Yeah. He was on the cusp. He was right there. Yeah. He was right there. Just couldn't get it done. The Luther mm-hmm. Curl. That man. Yeah. And Becky Hammond came and kicked yeah. the door in. He I, deserves a ring. Eh. He deserves a ring. Tony Dungy didn't get a ring for Tampa Bay. It's true. Oh. He didn't I just, get no ring. Then. I just asked the <laughs> WNBA to do one thing. Talk to me. My bad. During the finals, when they're introducing the starting lineup, show that. Show it. Quit letting the commentators commentate over that while they running out the tunnel. Yeah, they not saying the girl's name. You don't mm. know who's who, especially yeah. if you haven't been watching. Yeah. When the NBA play the finals, it's a whole production yeah. for star lineups. Come True. on, man. It's the WNBA finals. Yeah. Get them that same thing. Give them man. the same shine. Yeah. Come on, That's, man. I like that, Coach. You guys ready to get started with halftime? Let's do it. Let's get it. We're at the midway point. Please enjoy all of the halftime festivities. Halftime, we are back with Weezy's NFL Power Rankings. You are on the clock, Weezy. Let's do it. All right. This week's Power Rankings were uh, they were rough, man. Mm-hmm. For you. The first two weeks of NFL was been, been, pretty, been pretty crazy. This was a tough one to do. This was the battle. Uh, I had to put one, one good one loss team Okay, let's, let's just get to it. Let's get to it. Yeah. He's doing all this. You know what I mean? Because I, I know what you're trying to do. What am I trying to do? I'm trying, I'm trying to talk about stunts, what I'm trying to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all right, number seven. The best one loss team, I think, is the Baltimore Ravens. They got beaten to come back, but uh, I still think they're the best one loss team in the, in the, in the uh, NFL. Number six, nobody's going to like this one, but they're undefeated. The Giants. Giants is number six. Number five, Tampa Bay. You, you won a division game, but you wouldn't have won that game if the fight wouldn't have broke out. I don't think so. Number four, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I like Miami Dolphins at number four. Mm. Number three, I think they're the best team in the uh, in, NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Uh, you know, they just. <laughs> they show what they did Monday night mm-hmm. against uh, against another undefeated team. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, number two, Kansas City Chiefs. They rolling the big division win, division win on a, on a short week. Uh, number one, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm switching. I'm putting Philly at two. Yeah, I'm putting Philly at two. Yeah, first over the See, Bills. That's why he ain't got a mic. That's what. Yeah. yeah that's nah, what, man. Yeah. That's your nah. man's though. Yeah. Well, you gotta go get that fifteen yeah. jersey. You gotta hold him. He holding. You gotta down. go get you one. He holding down. You gotta go get. You gotta get that nah, fifteen. You, you know Buffalo beat. <laughs> I know. What I'm saying. I'm they just, no, the, they yeah. beat the number one team in AFC last year by thirty points. I'm just telling you what I'm saying. What, what, what you gotta judge it off? You of. can't. You're talking to a person without a mic. They right. can't hear. They can't. Yeah. You All right. Well, shut the fuck up, man. Oh my god, man. Me. I'm talking about me. I need to yeah, shut yeah, the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. 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 You definitely did. Are you guys ready to get started with the second half? Let's do it. Let's get it. The second half is underway. Full sport, second half, we have Brian Penny Collins in for an interview. Brian Penny Collins has been the head coach of the TSU men's basketball program since 2018 and is now serving his fifth year at the helm of the Tigers. Collins played his high school basketball in nearby White's Creek and lettered at Belmont University for Hall of Fame coach Rick Bird. Then a member of the Atlantic Sun Conference, Collins served as a co-captain for the Bruins in their first ever NCAA Division I tournament appearance during his senior year in 2006. Collins, who was a four-year starter, scored 1,100 career points and graduated as Belmont's all-time leader for assists and steals in the Division I era. The 2014 was inducted into the Legends Hall of Fame in September of 2019. 
Collins played professional basketball for the Kuvo Bears in Finland and the Bakersfield Jam in the NBA Developmental League. Collins got his start in the coaching industry as a graduate assistant at TSU under then-coach Cy Alexander during the 2007-2008 season and became the TSU Director of Basketball Operations in 2008 and 2009. In his first head coaching experience, Collins led Columbia State, a community college in Columbia, Tennessee, from 2012 to 2015. His tenure at Columbia State was highlighted by back-to-back NJCAA national tournament appearances, including runs to the Elite Eight in 2014 and the Sweet 16 in 2015. As the head coach of the Tigers, Collins earns Coach of the Year in 2019. Let's give an FSP welcome to Brian Penny Collins. All right, Coach, I'm going to kick it off, man. All right, so we feel over here at FSP like analytics to us has ruined sports. So you're a high-level coach. How do you feel about analytics and where it's taking sports, especially basketball right now? Oh, man, analytics is it's important. I, mean, it's, okay. I think it's something that you got to really take a good look at. But I think for me personally, being a player and you know, actually being in the trenches, I trust analytic right here in my two <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I, I trust what I see. I've been doing this for a long time. And, okay. I got a few guys out there that are trying to ruin my reputation on my recruiting skills, but, <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, I trust what I see. Is and, it uh, uh, Is uh, it like a balance uh, between uh, analytics and actual what you trust and what you see, or is nah, it more so just you nah, going with your gut? No balance. Go with my gut. Like go with what I see. But uh, like now, you know, we're in this this new era, and we're in 2022, and I trust. You know, we're for a halftime, and you know, my coach says, "Hey." Uh, the, the plus minus. I'm like, no shit. You know, we're, we're losing or, or we're winning. Like, I, I can tell. I, I can tell you that without looking at that sheet. Right. But analytics is important because it can give you what your best lineups are and who's doing well and who's not doing well. What's a what mid range shot versus a three point shot? What's good for your team and all that stuff. But at gotcha. the end of the day, uh, better players, you don't have a better team, which, and that's period. Talent, talent trumps everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm going off schedule already. I'll probably get in trouble for this, but. <laughs> I, I'll take the final later. How how good of a recruiter do you think you are? Uh, best in the country. It ain't even close. Um, for what I've been doing since I've been in the game and with the resources that I have and still be able to be extremely successful with the programs that we've been at, it's not even close, you know. Um, recruiting is not about, like, what you know or who you know. It's about being able to go in all kind of different uh, living rooms and being able to relate to people and being a people mm-hmm. person and walking into a room and immediately being able to relate to people. And I feel like that's a, a gift that I've been given from God is at an early age and I've just been, I've taken it on through the, through the career now. And it, it's just not recruiting, it's having relationships with your team, with your, the people on campus, the faculty, uh, the people that work in the cafeteria, you know, but genuinely doing it, not doing yeah. it to make a friend or trying to get something from them later. Just genuinely having joy out of seeing somebody smile and learning more about you and learning more about them and actually caring about what they talk about. Uh, that's what we're, we're all really boils down to, doing something for somebody and not expecting nothing in return. Let's talk about something that's not talked about enough, your playing career. Kind of go through your three favorite moments during your playing career, Coach. Man, you put me on the spot thinking yeah. about three favorite moments. Yeah. Career has been a long one, obviously, yeah. from six years old all the way to I had a chance to play professional basketball for a little while. But my number one, and this is no particular order, uh, number one would have to be uh, helping Belmont. I shouldn't say help. Why I say help? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Taking Belmont to their first ever NCAA tournament, yeah. being a part of that team and the captain of that team and 
to see what they're doing now and to know that our program, our our group was the first group to, to do that, break that threshold, that whole experience going to the Selection Sunday, and that was a, a key moment for me. Um, I think the second one would probably be knowing that I was a pro, like realizing like, okay, I, I'm one of the best basketball players in the world when I was drafted in the, in the NBA Developmental League. Yeah. And you were yeah. actually a part of that that day. <laughs> yeah. You know, the D League, they showed back then, or the G League now, it was called the D League back then, they showed the draft on NBA TV. But they right. don't show the first two rounds. But it was a 10-round draft. And so the first two rounds went, and we, me and my whole family were in there watching. And the only person that wasn't in my family actually was Jay. He mm-hmm. was over there. So it was like mom and daddy and Jay. <laughs> so we were watching the draft. <laughs> And I didn't get drafted in the first two rounds, and the show goes off, and we I'm look, we look at each other like, damn, you know. And it, he really could have just went home, but he knew I was sick. Yeah. So he was like, man, let's play 2K. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we played 2K. He was trying to make me feel better about it and not getting drafted. And I was just chilling and probably like halfway through the game, my phone rings, and it's my agent. And he says, Penny. What you doing? Well, I'm playing 2K, man. What's up? How you feel about living in California? I said, what? What you mean? The Bakersfield Jam just drafted you. The Sacramento Kings and um, I forget who their affiliate was. Golden State Warriors D-League team just drafted you in the sixth round. There it is. And you will be going to training camp next week. We jumped, <laughs> we jumped up and down like we just hit the lottery. Like, <laughs> we were like, we about to be millionaires or something, man. D-League contract about $1,000 a month. We broke as hell. But we, was happy. we were happy to go. Yeah. We was happy, man. It was, that felt like getting drafted. You know, that, that felt good yeah. to go to that, um, that training camp and end up ultimately playing for the Bakersfield Jam. And, and I, uh, this is a little off topic, but when we talk about validation, playing pro ball was validation for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't make it to the NBA but I got to the NBA D League. Mm-hmm. So I remember the Sacramento Kings came to our practice and I'll never forget the scout came to me and said, young man, you deserve to be in the NBA. Just keep on working on your leadership and work on your jump shot. You're gonna be in the NBA one day, just keep at it. And I just remember leave, going back home, cause we stayed in a hotel at the time, and going back to the hotel like, man, I can play in the league, you know what I'm saying? That was a crucial moment in my career. And uh, the third one is just, you know, I have an opportunity to put a city on my back just as a whole, from Weiss Creek, our games would be packed, jam-packed. People used to come to watch us play. You know, people would literally say, I'm going to watch Penny Hassan play. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a statement that was made. and you, It was proven when you come to the game and our games would be packed. And then having that, taking that same type of energy to Belmont to where now that I'm a coach at TSU, I would, couldn't fathom some TSU students coming, coming to me saying, hey, I'm going to watch Belmont play tonight. I'm like, well, you going where? Yeah. Why are you going to Belmont game? For yeah. what? <laughs> but I think back to my time at Belmont, we had TSU students coming to the Belmont games right. to come yeah. watch me play. And it was strongly because of people I knew that were growing up, but also some of Jay's friends that I didn't even know, people from D.C. and Maryland. I mean, D.C. and Florida and Georgia. He's bringing mm-hmm. people to the games, and some of these same people are grabbing their friends. I'm looking up in the student section behind my parents sitting, and instead of it being 14 issue students, my boys, it's 14 of them. Oh. And we taking, and they stand for me, and we're taking pictures after the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm not going to point to no single game and tell you, like, you know, it was it, but it was moments where I, like, I look back and I say, like, man, that was a groundbreaking for myself to, that really inspired me to do what I'm doing now. That's right. So you're speaking of Belmont, 
So we're going to talk about that Belmont Lipscomb rivalry. How intense was it during your days in Belmont? And can you give us one story about that rivalry? Belmont Lipscomb was a trio. It was like, you know, White Creek Maplewood, but just different <laughs> kind yeah, of people it. sitting in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, still the games was packed. The Belmont Lipscomb game was packed. But it wasn't nothing like what it used to be back in the 90s. They used to have to play at Vanderbilt. That's how packed the games used to wow. be. But Belmont and Lipscomb had just kind of turned D1 about six or seven years before I went to Belmont. Lipscomb had just turned D1 as well. So the first game we played them, we played them at Lipscomb. So it was a lot of – it was the first time they played against each other as a Division One opponent. Okay. So the game was at Allen Arena, and it was packed in there. And I did not like the Lipscomb players. You know, <laughs> I, that's one thing about me, man. Like, I still listen to my players. Like, I got a hatred for who we're playing against. Like, so when they would tell me about this rivalry, like, I used to see them Lipscomb dudes downtown or see them somewhere. I used to be like, man – I'm going to kill them when they play. I hated them. You know what I'm saying? Even to this day when I see some of them dudes, I'm like, what? You know what I mean? Like, I don't like Lipscomb. Like, that's, that was my thing back then. I, I respect them now. But uh, the program now, that game, that first game, was it was crazy. It was packed. And another story about TSU, my homeboy Bradley was at the game. He had a Belmont jersey on at the game. And that mm-hmm. game went into overtime. And I hit the shot the uh, final shot to give us the lead for good against Lipscomb in that game. And he jumped out the stands from like the fourth row. <laughs> and you can see it on, the games back then were on CSS. Yeah. So mm-hmm. They need to bring that back, by the way. So Bradley jumped out and he, on CSS. You can see Bradley hitting the ground with a Belmont jersey on. It's like, the man got a Belmont jersey made. Yeah. First of all. So <laughs> I'll tell you how bossed up that is. Yeah. But I ain't trying to brag about myself, but I, uh, today's the day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Belmont jerseys were in the stands, you yeah. know. And this is now I'm looking over there, and they got little kids running around with Belmont t-shirts on, and they got mm-hmm. big screens and, and new buildings on campus, and now they've won nine or ten championships, and it's just a blessing to be a part of the first one. And we beat Lipscomb in a championship game to go mm-hmm. to the NCAA tournament for the first one, so that's the most memorable one. Mm-hmm. All right. So you said today's the day to kind of brag on yourself. So. <laughs> Like, do you feel like, you know, you mentioned, like, your White's Creek games, you and Hassan, people coming to see those. I was one of those people, yeah. like, coming to see those games. Do you feel like your playing career coming through Nashville and then Belmont, what do you – do you think it's respected as much as your coaching status is expected in the city right now? Mm-hmm. No, both of them are hated on immensely. Okay. Um, All right. Here we go. A, a lot of it is because it's like, why does he get the opportunity? You know, what – why does he deserve it or okay. like something was given to me or something but you know the, the the basketball part of it is I y'all remember in the last dance when he, and Gary Payton he said that about MJ and he was looking at it he's like <laughs> <laughs> I never had no problems with the glove yeah, yeah. Well, like that's how, that's how I feel about all them dudes that's coming up from this from like our it. era and all these like all these people that they say like the number one point guard there ain't number one point guard that I thought was cold and that was Mario Moore I thought Mario Moore was, the, was tough guard. He proved about what he did in the SEC and took his team to the Sweet 16 or whatever they went to. He was a special player. Mm-hmm. And when you played against him, he's constantly in attack mode. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be ready to play him. Even when you play him in open gym or in the league, it mm-hmm. don't matter. He's mm, – like yeah. he is a killer. Nobody else – I don't – I don't – I don't – nobody. I had no problems from nobody else. So, when I hear all this talk on Facebook and I see all these top lists, I'm like <laughs> – <laughs> I had no problem with none of yeah, them. The rest none of them were just all right. But yeah, every one of them. Not, not all of them. But, <laughs> but I would say I I'm, I was six four point guard. Yeah. Uh, they say my weakness is what I, I couldn't shoot, but I scored a thousand over a thousand points in college and in high school. So how can a dude do that that can't shoot? And then they say, uh, well, he's coach's son, so you know. Well, how, well, how could I go to White's Creek and play that style 
and take them to winning 20 plus games every year and packing out gyms, then go to Belmont and play in a totally different style where I had to pretty much change my game up and still lead them to championships and packed out arenas. Yeah. And some and was good enough that was somebody all the way in California who was a, a GM of an NBA team said, let's draft this guy. So, you know, I think you look at it from that aspect, it's, it's funny to me. And then the only way you can prove it to me that you can go at me is in the summer. Well, for when, when everybody was at their peak of the summer, I dominated the summer. There was mm -hmm. nothing I didn't do. And this pro-am that we have now is a watered-down version of what, mm -hmm. what the real pro-am was. Every, anybody can play. They do tryouts now. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad they brought it back. I'm excited about it. Yeah. But back then, it was NBA players and pros only yeah. and a few college guys. And we won three straight pro-am championships when I played, three straight. And you don't say – when they say who won it, you, don't, you say Penny and them won it. You don't, it. So I wasn't a role player on that team. <laughs> I was going to get 25 and 30. In the college, program. I'm going to get 10 points a game. Yeah. But in this program, I'm getting 25, 30. And all these so-called best whoever's, they were playing then too. But they got amnesia. They pretend like it, it didn't, didn't happen. happen. <laughs> but they got, they got destroyed too. <laughs> in the meantime, okay. during that time, we were having super teams that we put together from the pro-ams. Everybody's top players from these pro-am teams would yeah. go travel and play travel ball. Okay. And not just locally, we would go to Memphis, uh, Louisiana, Atlanta. Atlanta, Ohio. We play in these tournaments and I was always picked first as a starting point. I started on all those teams and we won championships everywhere we went. Okay. I, I won probably eight or nine championships a summer. And this is when I'm, and when I'm in my pinnacle, like 24, 25, 26 years old. Right. And the most memorable game is Penny Hardaway brought a team down here from Memphis. And the winning team got $5,000 or something like that for mm -hmm. the championship game. And he had Thaddeus Young on his team and some other really good young players. Thaddeus Young. Yeah, and this is the young Thaddeus Young, too. This is NBA mm -hmm. Thaddeus Young. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember that tournament. And uh, we had to play him in the championship game, and it was basically, basically best two out of three in the championship game. Mm -hmm. And so we beat him twice, and uh, I dunked on Thaddeus Young. <laughs> I had an unbelievable game. And... Uh, <laughs> I had a celebrity game this summer, yeah. and Penny Hardaway played in it, and I brought it up to him again, like, you remember when I bust y'all? <laughs> he said, man, you played the game of your life. <laughs> he, was, he said, I'm still hot about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a time. It was some good times, but it's funny, like, people just go back to what they did in high school or something or go back to the one time that they hit a layup on you and say, oh, I was – man, you were nothing. But, like, like, the stats don't lie. Like, when you, when you win like that – you don't even think about it. Like, I can tell you, this is honest to God truth. When I played in all them leagues I played in, like mm -hmm. the Cleveland Centers and the Church Leagues and all these other leagues, I never even knew who we were playing until I showed up to the game. <laughs> I didn't because I didn't care. It was right. easy. Right, right, right. No matter who was playing. And then the same thing with the Pro-Am. When we played in the Pro-Am, I didn't like, oh, we're about to play against uh, this team today. I got to bring my A game. I didn't know who we were playing until I showed up. And then when my game was over, I went home. I didn't stick around to watch other teams play because it wasn't – nothing impressed me. <laughs> I was more focused on whatever what was going to come next later on in the mm -hmm. night. We was going to go play 2K or go to the Hurricanes or something mm -hmm. like that. That's all I was worried about. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, this basketball stuff, I mean, yeah. when I was trying to do it for real, I wasn't concerned about anybody around here. Uh, they, were, they were a lot of good players. Some of them were past their prime. Mm -hmm. Some of them were great before they start playing in this era. But when I was doing what I really was trying to do, mm -hmm. no, I, seen, I seen nothing but championships. And some people were in their prime, too, and it was still food. Yeah. It was food. Yeah, uh, for sure. Oh, no, no question. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, and Desmond Cambridge, too. That's the other person who I got a lot of respect for. Man, he, uh, he is tough, 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 mm -hmm. tough, tough, tough. 
I always played with him majority of the time. So I never really had the battles with Desmond Cambridge. Don't nobody want to see Desmond Cambridge neither. Like <laughs> talking all these talk about all these guards and I'm mentioning Desmond Cambridge. And then the best player, and I'm done talking about it. The best player who I saw play growing up was mm -hmm. Boosie Hyler mm. from Pearl Cone. And he was smooth operator, score when he want to, get it how you, I'm talking about guards now. I ain't talking yeah, about I the Slays and the Dantes and the Mercers of the world. Yeah. Uh Boosie Hyler was He's a hard guard, bro. He's a tough, yeah. tough, real tough player. Gotta give him his flowers. Yeah. All right. Do, do you think in today's game, you would have left Belmont to transfer to a Power Five school? It's a good question, man. Uh, my time at Belmont, it, it could have happened when I was at Belmont. I got reached out to by, by a couple schools. Uh, my AAU coaches and stuff like that got reached out to, but I was loyal, you know, uh, this day and age. And I'm uh, the transfer portal and everything's going on. When something don't go right, people try to transfer. You, know, you order a damn burger at the uh, McDonald's <laughs> and you say no bacon, they put bacon on it. You like <laughs> transferring? Like <laughs> one thing go wrong, I'm like transferring, transfer, transfer. Like <laughs> it don't matter what go on. Yeah. But I come from an era where I grew up watching Michael Jordan, stayed at one team, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas. Them the people I respect. Kobe Bryant. I res That's just who I'm. Who I see. But also. Credit to my parents, especially my mom. She was like, I played on one AAU team. I remember it was an opportunity to go play on a different team. She said, no, stick with Tennessee Thunder, stay loyal. Weiss Creek, one high school. I went to one college. I didn't bounce around. And I feel like it makes you a better person in life because you can't just bounce around in life. You can't just leave when things don't go good in life. You got to tough it out. And the generation that we're raising now, we're teaching them that when something don't go right, you can just change it up. Like, what happened to the days of being a freshman averaging two points a game? Sophomore, six points. Junior year, 12. Senior year, 18. And you've grown. Like, that is the way life is. You're not going to get a job and be the boss. you got to work ground level and grind and work your way up. And you appreciate it when you do find your top-level stuff. So, um, it's just we're, we're raising a generation that's we're cheating them by allowing them to do it. And to make this point real simple, what we're doing as parents and coaches is we're trying to give our kids what we didn't have. So when, when you know, I, my son, when I was little, I didn't get Jordans and stuff. I only got shoes on my birthday and Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I didn't never got a power wheel. I always seen it in the Toys R Us magazine, but I could never get it. And I hate it. I, and I could never get all the toys I wanted. Couldn't get all the clothes I wanted. Right. I had to go ask Jay, Jay, let me get that and wear that hat tonight. Like yeah. it's certain stuff we just didn't have. I didn't have. So now I want to make sure my son get it all. Like every pair of shoes that I get come out, he go, if he want them, he can get them. Any he got a motorcycle, he got a power wheel, he got he got every. <laughs> but I'm cheating them though. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that grind made me go get it. Mm -hmm. That's what made me stay in the gym late at night, get shots up, uh, grind to go get it, hustle to go get what I can get to, to this day where I'm able to take care of my family. Yeah. But we we providing a crutch with the, with our kids, and I ain't just talking about my son because. I'm gonna make his little ass work for it too, mm -hmm. but we're we're putting a, giving a crutch to our players because we don't want we want them to have a relationship with the play with the coach, because we didn't have relationships with our coaches growing up. Our coaches were like Joe Clark and lean on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we were nervous when they came around, mm -hmm. and we didn't feel like we had a have a conversation with our coaches. But we try to give our players that relationship, like come here, man, put my arm around you, love on you, and this generation takes it for granted. And the same love you give them, all that crutches you give them, they'll hop right out your life with <laughs> in, in, in those crutches. And we, we just handicapping them. Yeah. 
And you remember when you got drafted? What was the first thing you cop? You remember? I remember. Black diamonds. Black earrings. diamonds, dog. <laughs> Look at black diamonds. Black That's diamond what, earrings, yeah, dog. Nah, yeah. for sure. So during your recruiting career, right? You've been on the recruiting trail for a long time. Who's the best prospect that you've seen live and in person? Mm. Top two, top three. You can go like that. Let me ask you a question then. I'm gonna Talk throw to it me. on you because I feel I'm like I've been talking a lot. Yeah. I'm gonna throw it on you. What's up? What's the what's a phone call that I've given you that I told you that hey you had three. Right. I'm gonna give you your credit. I'm gonna see if you're gonna give me some credit too. The first person <laughs> that you said I remember for sure was Thon Maker. You said Thon was cold. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle between that, it then was Thon Maker first. <laughs> that's a, that's the, the a one guy that didn't person. like yeah. make it. No, but, yeah. but it get there. It get a little better. Um, <laughs> I remember the the latest though. I'm gonna be real. He was in the ninth grade. And he was like, hey, man, it's a kid. Yep. Seattle Rotary. Yep. And Paulo Banchero, he's going to be cold. Yeah, he's a so ninth grader. He was a ninth grader. Yep. And you like, nah, listen, league. And you call me a million times about players. And uh, some of them have been really good. Mm-hmm. But I remember Paulo Banchero the first, because he was the first person that I was like, all right, I got to pay attention to. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> any any player that's came out in the last 15 years, yeah. I, I saw him. You so saw him, for sure. I could easily be like, KD and yeah. Zion Williamson. And I could just name all the guys yeah. that are good in the league right now. But it, it ain't going to be a good story. But i tell you a good story. What's that? Is, uh, I told you about Rondo. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I told y'all when he was drafted yeah. that he was going to lead the Celtics to NBA championships. Yeah, that's true. You did do that because remember we saw him at Fat Cap. Saw him at Fat Cap. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah for sure. and he just I just got back from the NCAA tournament. Yep. And uh, I'm like, like, T introduced me to him. Sure did. So I do remember that. But yeah. that was like my greatest pick. Like I knew he was going to be good, good. Yeah. But like, no, it ain't even that. Like I've seen, I can name them all, bro. I done seen yeah. all the top players in college. I mean, in uh. High school AAU, yeah, and there's not one that I'm just like, you know, the one guy that I go ahead and say right now, I mean, I think Brandon Miller is gonna be a pro. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I've been saying it, but everybody in the city can say that. But like, he's just got something special about him. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch what he's gonna do this year at Alabama. Uh, his, his intangibles, you know, everybody questioning how tough he was gonna be. I think mm-hmm. he's checked that box already when he was overseas. And yeah, it's tough. He's gonna, he's gonna have a great year. I agree. Mm-hmm. Now, your dad being a coach, he's a Hall of Fame coach here in the city of Nashville. He coached at Pearl Cone. So you watched him coach growing up as a kid, but you played at White's Creek, like you mentioned earlier. So you didn't get to play for your dad. Would you want to coach history when he grows up? Yes, absolutely. That's like my dream. You know, I see LeBron wants to play with his sons and stuff like that. That's really cool. Like, I want to coach history so bad. He won't let me coach him right now. <laughs> of course. If I, like, I go outside with him. Y'all see videos of me posting him. He does not listen to me, y'all. I'm like, hold your phone. I'm like, shh. I'm like, let's make shh, not today. Let's throw football. So we, if we shoot, we shoot for like 10 minutes, and then we, now we're throwing yeah. football. Like, he just, he just wants me to be dad. Yeah. And I understand because I'm not, you know, I'm traveling a lot. And it's all basketball all the time with me. I come home on film. Yeah, we watch Netflix. I'm like, man, put the last dance on real quick. Like, we watch it five times. Like, mm-hmm. he just all basketball with me. So he gets, he doesn't want me to coach him in basketball. He loves basketball. He plays it all the time. Mm-hmm. But his coach will tell him something, and, and he'll be like, Dad, my coach told me to hold my fall through. I said, well, I've been telling you that since you was two years old. Right. <laughs> so, like, but, yes, I would love to coach him. I, I, it's my dream. Hopefully that one day he's, he's good enough to play on that level. 
and that I can, I'm still blessed enough to have a job somewhere <laughs> and uh, I can coach him. I, I would be ecstatic about that. I'm, I'm kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. You mentioned playing 2K. Yeah. Was he always, he being Jay, was Jay always the type of guy that like loaded his 2K team up with like different players from, you know what I mean? We have we have a joker called Console Gate that goes around where, you know, Jay was cooking the books a little wow. bit with his yeah. roster. So I just wonder, was he always like wow, that? You know what I'm saying? Lead dog. Right, you know what I'm saying? Lead dog. Give me one of his loaded teams and I'll tell you if, he, if he's ever been that loaded. Okay. <laughs> like, wow. like you know, we, we have we have a FSP Madden League. You okay. know what I'm saying? We have an FSP 2K League. You okay. know? Give me a 2K team. What do you have? Uh, Jay would have like he would start with like the Sixers. Yeah. But somehow <laughs> we don't know how the Sixers will have. M- <laughs> Tell them who on your team, man. He would have MB. He never he'll never say somehow it. Somehow Clay Thompson would be on the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie Irving to be his point. Yeah. Um, oh, Word, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Word. I'm sorry. John Wall. <laughs> we say John Wall. Who would be your point? It's all you, good. I'm just, I'm just asking. Yeah. Right, look, boys, let me like tell you. That. This is to answer your question. Trey Lightly, too. He, yeah. I, I already know. This yeah. is a very delicate subject with him. Yeah. Okay, it is. That's why I wish. He this. is purposely putting out a boo boo team early. <laughs> he always does this. Even on, even on his regular season seasons, he'll yeah. just put a, like an average team out there. Yeah. But go over his house. About two, three weeks into his season, yeah. he has a loaded <laughs> roster. He's going. He hates losing. This man hates to lose. And I mean, he'll. I mean, I cut the game off on him one time, only once in my career. But <laughs> oh, I took my chip. Yeah, yeah, took my chip. Yeah, yeah, took my chip. Yeah, I'll forget it. Um, but it's, it's that's a long story. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jay is very competitive, yeah. and uh-huh. I would say yes, his teams are usually loaded. Um, with he'll have Teen Wolf, he'll have <laughs> yeah. Young Bordeaux, Bush McCray. <laughs> Bush McCray. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be loaded now. Tom Shepard. Yeah, Tom, Tom Shepard's definitely yeah, on the team. Tom Shepard on the rock. You let that one roll. What you got, Weezy? Ask some of us, man. How hard was it coaching during COVID? Man, I tell you, man, it's uh, I think people deserve an award for trying to coach in COVID because there were people literally dying across the country and people getting sick, and you don't know what. At that time, we really didn't know what was going on. Losing taste and smell. People were like on ventilators, and it was going to the hospital. Like it was, it was tough. And then you're trying to coach a team, and their grandparents just died, or their mm-hmm. uncle just died, or and they're talking about it in the locker room. And then a week later, they're saying, "Man, my uncle's in the hospital now. I hope he can make." It. Like they're close. You know what I'm saying? He's like, and then my my both my my grandparent, my grandmother passed away. Then my uncle. Her brother passed away like two weeks. That was just like a lot mm-hmm. going on. Not to mention there was nobody on campus. Our guys had to like they weren't allowed to leave the apartments. Mm-hmm. The the food was delivered to their door. It's December and January. It's freezing cold, so like the food's outside and they got. It was just a crazy. It was a crazy time. Now some programs it didn't affect. Like some programs were able to keep it rolling and then they had a better system set up on how they were dealing with it. We were literally we had to get tested three times a week. And we were going to Meharry Medical Center in a car drive-through. Some days it may take five minutes. Some days it may take two hours. Wow. You know, and we got a game on Thursday, and we sit in the. Imagine driving to Chattanooga and back. You know, like we sit in two-hour. Yeah. <laughs> Traffic. In a in Meharry, yeah. a mile mm-hmm. away from school on, on the day before a game. But hey, I thought it was one of those things that made us tougher. It uh, it was something that I was really proud of my guys for having the resilience to to play through it. 
we didn't win a lot of games, but it wasn't about that. I, I mean, I think all around the country, people was just trying to have some type of normalcy again after being in the house for so long. So I was proud of that we, we, we crawled through that season, but it definitely made us better better people. Yep. Switch gears to your Lakers. You're a Los Angeles Lakers fan since Kobe Bryant. What are your Lakers looking like this year? Can they contend? Oh, man. If we're healthy, I think we can. Uh, if AD is AD, then we're special. Like we, well, well, I shouldn't say the word special. I would say we're going to be – we can be in the mix. So, we can beat the number one seed in the West if we're healthy. LeBron is clearly an older LeBron, and people get it confused because he had a great statistical year, but he's not playing as hard as he did in the past in terms of, like, running for loose balls and running down, chasing people, blocking shit. Like, he's just not doing it as much because if he does, he'll get hurt. Mm-hmm. So, there was no point in doing it last year. So, I'm hoping that he can get to that place where he's, he's rotating on defense. Like, he, the defense assignments, he wasn't rotating. He mm-hmm. wasn't trying hard on the defensive end like we know he can, and then he's – Turned into a jump shooter this past year. We got He has to get back driving all the time. And if he's doing all that, can his body withstand that type mm-hmm. of attacking that he's got to be at to play at at that age for yeah. the Lakers to be good? Uh, I like the additions they had. A lot of people are like I don't know Dennis Schroeder, uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, and Pat Pat Beverly. That's too many. Like I like it. I think you got some good decision makers on the floor, playmakers on the floor. Uh, clearly, they need some bigger wings and guards, but. Lonnie Walker's coming off the bench. Kendrick Nunn can score it. You know, we got some pieces. The guys just got to be good at what they do. And we got good good, good big men, too. This is the best core of front court they've had. Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones, good young bigs. Um, I like them. I, th- I think they're going to be interesting. Uh, the Bogdanovich going to Detroit today really bothered me. It hurt. Because I felt like they were going to make a move to get him in Clarkson yep. mm-hmm. or him in – Beasley mm-hmm. and Vanderbilt because yeah. Vanderbilt is the type of guy that the Lakers don't have on their roster. Yep. A strong wing that can guard the KDs and Stanley Johnson 2.0 but he better than the Stan. world. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm, I'm optimistic about the season. <laughs> so, <laughs> so speaking of LeBron we know his son is coming to an age where he's about to make a decision in his life or his career. Do you think he's going to go play college basketball or do you think he would go turn pro? Well, you know, I can't really speak on student-athletes, <laughs> recruitable student-athletes, so I really can't even True. answer that question, really. <laughs> so, yeah. NCAA, once you get to seventh grade, yeah. we're not allowed to, like, talk about them. Mm. Gotcha. You know, on forums and stuff like Makes that. Sense. So, I can't really speak on PSAs, yeah. right. student-athletes. Okay. Got you. Heard you. Got you. Heard you. Got you. Got you. Yeah. So skipping past all of that, yeah, you know, yeah, we're, not, right. no, yeah. we're not getting anybody into trouble. Yeah. All right, so you're an HBCU coach, yep. right? Do you feel? How do you feel like HBCUs, as far as in basketball, can prosper? We've seen it happen with Jackson State yeah. uh, with college, top recruits for football. We think it could transfer to basketball that way. Yeah, so you know, we're talking about potential student athletes, I can I can talk about athletes that we didn't get. Yeah. You know, uh, we kudos to Jackson State. I, you know, them getting the young man that was ranked. Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter. Travis what Hunter. position does he play? Corner. 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 I don't know why I thought he was a wide receiver. He, was he wide did receiver. in both in high school. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Travis, that was monumental for them to get a guy like him. And then they're getting high-level transfers. But not only are they doing that, they got resources. You know, they're they're winning. And 
they changed the locker room and they changed the field and they got uniforms and they got support. Yeah. You go, you look, turn the game on, man. It's cr- Jackson State fans, fan base is going crazy. It's like like 40,000 at the game and stuff. It's unbelievable. It's it's not just about Dion being there. It's a, it's a lot more support that's coming around that too. Like yeah. Dion is the, you know, he's the ringleader for sure. And he's doing an unbelievable job on bringing awareness to the program and they're winning. Yeah. But it takes that takes time. But as far as basketball is concerned, yeah, I mean, I can just only speak for myself. Like, we want to try to go after the five-star kids. You know, we've had them on campus. We had Chris Livingston on campus. Yeah. We in his final final decision. Brandon Miller, uh, I can go on and on. There's some other kids that I can't mm-hmm. speak on. But we've had these guys on campus. But it's time for a, ca- a kid to, to say, you know what, I'm coming. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm coming to TSU. And I want to, you know, this whole cliche statement, you get tired of saying make the change. But it's really, it is like, there was a time when TSU had four or five draft picks on one team, mm-hmm. back-to-back years, yeah. you know, and it, and then it just stopped because uh, African-American athletes start going to Power Five schools because they, they were getting beat by uh, predominantly black teams at the time. You know, look at the Glory Road movie, Texas Western, that's where, that's where, uh, that's yeah. when the national the national media realized, like, oh, that's mm-hmm. an issue. Yeah. Started five black guys against Kentucky and won. <laughs> and won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now a Kentucky team got a team full, which is great. No, I don't have no issues with Power Five kids and African-American kids going to schools like that. I just want them to have the education of knowing that your dreams can come true here as well. Mm-hmm. And we have the same platform. Mm-hmm. And the resources that we don't have will come when you come. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's true. The networks will come. The TVs will come. The money will come. The deals will come. The NIL deals will come. And um, there's a, you know, everybody knows about what John Morant did in the OVC. So it's not like he's what, $190 million dude now? Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. like you can't come here at this level and like, oh, it can't be a pro from there. John Morant was just rookie of the year and he's one of the top five point guards. In the league or whatever he is. So your dreams can come true here. Robert Cummings is the only NBA player from HBCU. That's got to change. We have to change that. It needs to be more, whether they're from Tennessee State or somewhere else. And I'm not going to stop going after uh, high-level kids. Now, there's some type of misconception out there that they're like, we're wasting my whole budget going after a (laughs) (laughs) That's not true at all. You know, uh, we're going to recruit locally just as hard as we were going to recruit nationally. There's a – if I have a relationship with a five-star kid that I think it could change the game or help help move the culture in the right direction, I'm gonna go after him. Absolutely. But I'm not gonna exhaust my my time and life <laughs> on a kid that's that's just trying to get a, a social media like or some cool points. We're gonna go after realistic kids, and if one makes the move, great. But I feel like when I get a guy right now, they're they're my five-star. Even if you don't have a five stars on your name, if I recruit you, you are a five-star to me, and I'm go, I'm going after you just as hard. That's dope. Yeah, I got four years. I got four years, coach. <laughs> he should. He got four, four. <laughs> got four, four. Hey, I didn't see you play some one on ones. You never won any of them. So, uh. I mean, hey, real quick, we ain't never really talked about that. Then I promise he you loves this shit. He said, "Son of the he loves this shit." Then I promise you, we out of here. Oh, it was smoke season. So, <laughs> this is bad because I wasn't trying to play, Jeff. I'm gonna talk to you. Okay, let's do it. Now, Jeff. Uh-huh. So we right. chilling, doing story. something. Yeah, it's story it's time. Fifteen years old. No, I'm telling you, it is. So we easy to get to talking, you know, just like how you did with you last week. Yeah. Got a little riled up. A little riled up. Yeah. And that's I what said, he do. yeah, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, you don't want those problems. I was in shape. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, nah, man, listen, whatever. So in turn, I'm like, I'm not paying no attention. I leave. Uh-huh. Coach Collins calls me, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's my dog now. Yeah. This is my dog. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, of course. 
Penny's and I. And this one he don't remember. He's come coming on, off a come wrist on, injury. On. Chill out. He's coming <laughs> off a wrist injury, and he just had surgery. He getting back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So here's the thing. I was like, bro, you hear Weezy talking that shit? And he's like, I'm gonna be real, bro. He trying to play you tomorrow. What's up? He's like, bro, I'm gonna be. Real. And he's like, I know you're not gonna play, but listen, bro, I got for real money up here. <laughs> listen, bro, I got for real money. Like, bro, like you know, you know what I'm saying? And we gonna kick it that night, bro. Let's just. For real, bro. Yeah, he, and I was like, man, I can't that believe was, you put money up. That was you know I'm recruiting. recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> Penny done recruited me a couple of places. And I mean, but here we go. So we get back. Yeah. I'm like, all right, man. I don't know why you put that money up. I'm going to kill this boy. Yeah. He can't play. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? My bad. No disrespect. And so and then we get to the these. space. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, it was a massacre, dog. I got to shake. First, man, listen. You was 12. You were 20 years old, nah, dog. Yeah, he was, was 20. He killed, he killed he was, him. Man. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. He quit. It was fine, nothing. He quit. And then it's all like, hey, Penny, where the money at? You know what I'm saying? We kicking it tonight. Yeah. Oh, Brian, he bet. I just knew you want to go play, bro. I didn't need you here. <laughs> Prove yourself. You know what I'm saying? I knew you could do it. <laughs> wow. And after that, you know what I'm saying? I had to, I need to see money on the table oh, for sure. That was the end of it. He got me, he, though. He lied to you because I paid him. He, he lied to you. <laughs> I don't remember that. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, nah. Losing me. <laughs> Woo, yeah. You yeah. had to bring that one up, didn't you? Yeah, no, I'm just saying it was it was needed to be talked about, bro. It was disrespect. That's a good question. That's a good story. All right, we're gonna get you out of here. Anybody's got? Anybody oh, we good. Yeah. All right, got one more question for you. Let's talk about your deserve to win celebrity game. Talk about how did that idea come about, and is this something that you plan on doing annually? Definitely gonna do it annually. And basically, I was in my office one day, and I'm just thinking, like, how can I continue to bring awareness to Tennessee State? Um, I have all these contacts in my phone with all these people that I know, and they can help me, you know, put TSU on the map, you know, do something that hasn't been done before, uh, continue to move the program forward, you know, bring awareness to what we're trying to do. And that was really all it was. And uh, I said, you know, my first phone call is, is to the big homie, Penny Hardaway. I just mm-hmm. wanted to see if he'd be interested in doing it. And when he was like, yeah, like off the rip, that's when I said, okay. You know, I, I, I called a lot of people. So there's not anybody that that we that you don't know that's in our wheelhouse that we didn't reach out to, who, who actually committed to us, who showed up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once we got a couple dominoes to fall, then you start getting the NFL guys and – uh, the social media stars and you know the local stars who are celebrities as well and that ended up just turning into a special event uh, the cocktail party the, the night before was the pinnacle of it all where people really learned what we we're trying to do in the program they saw the vision the coaches were able to talk and people wanted to donate to the program so that that was the, the best part about it then the next day was you know the game was just the easy part and uh, next year, we got some surprises coming up that I can't say yet, but we're going to do it even bigger. Uh, I think we had around 3,500 3, fans at the game. We're hoping to get, you know, some close to 8,000 plus next year. And the Zerd Win weekend, we want it to ultimately be the homecoming of the summer. We want mm-hmm. people from TSU to have something to come back to in the summer. Everybody's coming in two weeks for homecoming football. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have basketball homecoming, but let the Zerd Win weekend be like your essence festival like we're gonna come back it's gonna be concerts it's gonna be com- comedy shows and then the cocktail party then the game and then the after party we want 
that weekend to be a weekend where celebrities come to Nashville because that was also a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Come to, a lot of the people that have never been, we had a lot of California people come to this event. Well, they were all talking about how they never been to Nashville. They heard about it. So Nashville is a progressive city right now, one of the fastest growing cities in the country. So we want people to come to Nashville that's never been as well. So it's going to continue to grow, and uh, I'm excited about the future of, of the weekend. It's a great weekend, mm-hmm. man. For sure. Hey, man, we could talk all night, man. Appreciate yeah. you coming, dog. We'll yeah. come back right at the end of the season to kind of recap the season, how things are going. But, man, appreciate you pulling up. Good luck on the season, bro. Man, I appreciate y'all, man. Thanks for having me. It's crazy that we, like, close like this and we do this, like, once a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. let you know we rock. Yeah, you know what I mean? Facts. Yeah, 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 yeah,